Okay, welcome, Rick Mann, to No Excuses, Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So we're here today to learn about Rick's fitness journey. So welcome, Rick. Thank you for giving up your time. Obviously, we're in a different time zone. You're in Jacksonville, America, and I'm in Glasgow, Scotland. So thank you for giving up your time. It's much appreciated for you coming on. So just for our viewers, just give a wee brief intro of who you are and what you're currently doing. Well, my name's Brickman, as you said. Uh, I've been into fitness pretty much my entire life. Uh, and recently, and when I say recently, past eight years probably gotten into the ultra and extreme distance type races, uh, previously being mostly sprint with a strong swimming background. Okay, fantastic. So you love fitness, so that's what we're all about inspirational character yeah yeah so we're going to go way back to you know the very beginning um back to your school years rick so growing up what sort of activities were you involved in obviously you mentioned mainly swimming but were you involved in anything else well uh Growing up, my mom was a swim teacher, so my entire family swam early on, uh, but the little small school that I went to didn't have a swim team, so I participated in pretty much all the sports through um, elementary school and middle school. Uh, I ran track, I played baseball, was a, a year of football, um, did, did things of that nature. Until uh, I got to high school. And then again, my mom steps in and allows me to drive the 30, 40 miles to the nearest swimming pool in order to join a swim team. And, and so that, that's, that kind of was the end of any other sport because swimming is all inclusive. Yeah. Uh, and then did that through uh, high school, college, and then, then the other sports came along. Nah, fantastic. And, you know, doing other sports when you were growing up, you know, taking swimming out of the equation, did you have any challenges with other sports? Uh, well, yeah, I wasn't a big kid. And so trying to participate in the sports like football, I, I was very energetic, had a lot of endurance, but I just didn't, wasn't the size they needed for football. So I did a yeah. lot of bench sitting and, and cheerleading uh, for our football team. Uh, but, but other than that, uh, I, I, I excelled fairly decently at track, uh, still not one of the top runners. Uh, and so, so the challenge there was to try to put size on and no matter what I did, there was no way for me to, to gain weight, to be competitive. And, and, and growing up in Texas, which is where I did grow up, Football is all there is. I mean, if you don't play football, you're not an athlete. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, you know, you mentioned early on um, about getting into, you know, ultras, you know, your really extreme sport. So let's talk about how you how that became a thing for yourself. Well, I I did triathlons competitively way back in the day. I mean, our transition area was out of the trunk of our car, sitting in a driveway or a parking lot. Uh, my wife actually did her, her first triathlon in 1987. 
And I got hooked at that point. I didn't do my first triathlon for a couple of years later, um, but it was all the sprint and short distances because I was, I was, I guess what you'd call a trophy hunter. I could win at the sprint and short distances. So I was pretty much uh, Olympic would be the longest triathlon I would do up until about 10 years ago when my niece talked me into doing a race down in Miami, a half Ironman. And that one, that one didn't go so well. I, I struggled through it. Uh, and at the end of that said, that's it. I'm going to stick with the shorter races. The long stuff isn't for me. Somehow a letter talked me into an Ironman uh, in Kentucky and went there and struggled through it again. And still the same result was, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Uh, and then uh I guess about a year later, they talked me into trying a 50 mile run. And at the end of the 50 mile run, I felt like I could do more, that that wasn't that wasn't that bad. What can we do? And here in Florida, we have a key. It's called the Keys 100. It's an ultra race that's point to point uh, down in the Keys where you uh, run 100 miles. And I, and I was able to do that and, and break the 25 hour mark, 24 hours and 50 something seconds, which is kind of the, the standard for those ultra hundreds. If wow. you can do that, you're, you're, you're doing great kind of thing. Of course, the winner uh, already had gone home, slept the night, had breakfast and came back to the finish line to see the rest of us finish. But, but still, it was, uh, it was kind of my, my hook or my addiction yeah. there. And the difference between ultra and extreme, there are two differences. Ultra is based on distance. Uh, if anything longer than a 26 mile run is called an ultra run. Anything longer than an Ironman is called an ultra triathlon, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. But, and then extreme is conditions. So if, if the triathlon is done in 45 degree water and you have to run over a mountain, uh, as opposed to your normal Ironman race then they can they can can be considered extreme uh, and then you have ultra extreme which are longer than an Ironman and harder than an Ironman so uh that, that's you know that's kind of the stuff that I've gotten into and and I have managed I've done the the Alaska extreme Ironman I've done the Iceland extreme Ironman and then we've done ultras I've done a double iron and a triple iron wow. uh triple iron was about uh actually exactly two years ago it was the last race done before covid hit and uh, we were able to get it in over the matter of fact they tried to come and come and close the park while we were doing the race because wow. that is the exact weekend that the u.s decided that it's time to shut down uh but they allowed us to finish and uh and so I was, at, I was 60 years old at that point. So I felt like that was a pretty big accomplishment and it's, it's a continuous. So you did all the swim, all the bike, and then all the run back to back to back. And it took me about 56 hours to do that. Wow. That is a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, so obviously you've done quite a lot and, you know, you know, even if we talk about 10 years, you know, if we talk about that, that's a short period of time, you know, to fit all that in, because a lot of people wouldn't even fit that in in a lifetime. Yeah, and and and, and I don't know where it comes from. It, it's a, it's it's not that I train that much, and, and you really, you honestly can't train for a triple Ironman. You just don't have enough hours in the day. So what you do is you train 
like you would train for an Ironman and then come race day, you just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all there is to it. And like I said, I've been lucky because uh, I am 62 now, still running those kind of distances. Uh, no knee problems, uh, no back problems. I've got the aches and pains that an old athlete might have, but, but um, it's, it's, it's different for me. It, it's, I wouldn't want to say it's easier for me, but it, it, it seems like when people talk about those kind of distances that it is easier for me. Yeah, and then so so let's talk about your your normal week. Um, what's your normal routine right now that you're doing? Well, basically, I train on time, not so much distance, and a lot of that has to do with family, giving, making sure I don't spend too much time. Yeah, uh, and and it's preset pattern. I I go uh, uh, to Monday's my day off because uh, that's normally coming off of a big weekend, so I take Monday to recover. Uh, Tuesday's three hours, uh, Wednesday's two and a half hours, Thursday's three hours, Friday's two and a half hours, and then Saturday and Sunday, depending on how early I start, can be anywhere from three, four, five hours. I just have to be done by 11 o'clock, so the earlier I start, the more hours I get in. Yeah. Today, I was able to be on, sit on the wind trainer uh, for three and a half hours, and then got out and did a seven-mile run, and got it all done in time to spend the rest of the day with the family and, and with you. <laughs> so. ah, fantastic. That's good. Um, so, so for yourself, Rick, um, how do you handle nutrition around that? How do I handle what? Uh, nutrition, you know, your, your food. And well, Is that I, training? well, uh, non-training nutrition. In other words, what I don't do when I do when I'm not training is pretty much the seafood diet. If I see food, I eat it. I don't, I don't, I don't worry about counting carbs. I don't count fat calories. I I'm lucky in, in having a fast, a naturally fast metabolism. And on top of that, all the training I do tends to burn a few calories as well. So I can pretty much be lucky enough to get away. I've always joked about it that I don't train to be fast. I train so I can eat anything I want to anytime <laughs> I want to. Uh, and, and that's proved to work to my benefit. Uh, now, as far as racing and training, uh, nutrition is concerned. Again, it depends on the, the distance of the race. Uh, for these, you know, anything under a marathon, for example, I will do the entire race on on a on goose and um, nutritional drinks like you know none or uh, Tailwind, Body Armor, that kind of stuff. Uh, caffeine is the miracle drug. Uh, I, I stay caffeine uh, free ninety percent of the time. And that way, when I use it in training or racing, it's significant for me. Yeah. Probably about 50% mental and 50% a chemical, but, but, it, but it's still, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's the miracle drug. Anything over a marathon. So when we start getting to the ultra distances, an Ironman or whatever, I try to add something a little more substantial, a peanut butter sandwich or a turkey sandwich or uh, you know something, some solid, something to give you the effect that you're actually eating something where most of my energy is still coming from the goose and nutritional drinks and things of that nature. But, but when you start getting up into the hours, you know, 12, 13, 15, 17, 18 hours of racing, you, you just get tired of, fluid and goo and things of that name and chews. Yeah. Um, so I end up, I like to be able to eat some solid food on those longer races. 
Now, when we do the, the, the ultras, like the double and triple iron, uh, we, it, it's not about time at that point. You have a time limit. You go past it, it doesn't count. So you still got to get it done in a certain amount of time, but you're not out there racing. It's a great family atmosphere. You got a couple of people out there trying to race. The rest of us are there just to finish. And based on that, I mean, you stop and sit down and have a meal right in the middle of the race. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick meal, but but it's still not a on the go trying to eat while you're riding yeah. kind of thing. Um, there are naps involved, uh, sometimes 30, 40 minutes as long as you want, as long as you make that cutoff. Because uh, when you're racing, you know, three days in a row, nonstop, you, you got to take a break. Uh, some people don't, and they get a little delirious. Um, but but most people will take actually a, a lie down a uh, couple of times through a, a 24 to 36 to 48 hour, 56 hour race. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, what about after after a race or a post snack or drink? What's what's your favorite thing that you, you love to, that should go to? Well, again, it depends on the distance. Yeah. If I'm if it's, for example, today with with four, four and a half hours of training, I was all about uh, just replenishing uh, protein, meaning some chicken or something and a lot of hydration. Um, my my go-to is non-lemon lime and it's the sport drink. It's made for while you're training, but I use it for recovery. And I, yeah. I drink quite a bit of that. And body armor is full of um, potassium and sodium. Uh, I've done some research lately that shows you don't burn through the potassium as much as you do the sodium. Uh, and so, so based on that, depending again on the length of the, the race or the workout, scratch comes into play because they have a super hydration scratch that has like 1,750 milligrams of sodium. Uh, and I pop one of those before I started and I'm, I'm usually good to go for up to, up to five or six hours without yeah. having to supplement that other than with water. Uh, good. And then if you could pick one thing from the week that you love to do out your training what would that be one thing other than training no no one one, one thing out of your week so if it's a cycle a run a swim oh oh that's an like, easy one I, I live yeah i live two blocks from the beach and yeah. the ocean is my happy place yeah. um I, i'll post some uh, if, you, if you look at my last Instagram post, not today's, but yesterday's, I did a four-mile swim in the ocean uh, with a nice current because we had a nor'easter blowing, big, scary waves to most people. But once you're past the break, it, it's it's a fun ride, and 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 it's not a workout for me. So I really enjoy, again, I, I love to run, get a lot of running in, but the bike is my nemesis. I do whatever I can to try to avoid that, but it's, it's a, it's a necessity. I have to do it. I know people, I'm probably pissing off a lot of bikers out there because it's, it's what they love. And, uh, and, and when I'm really into it, I, I'm kind of enjoying it, but for the most part, I'd, I'd rather run a hundred miles than ride a hundred miles. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it's, if that, if it came down to that, uh, but I'd rather swim over over either one of those options yeah. because it's just it's just it's relaxing to me and I enjoy it. No, fantastic. And then obviously you mentioned you know 
the ocean as your, your go-to place. So, you know, for yourself, how did you cope with the pandemic? Um, obviously, you're, did you, were you out swimming, were you out running, just doing your thing? Yeah, well, here in Florida, we didn't shut down as bad as it did everywhere else. Now, the restaurants and all were closed. We were allowed to go out of our house. We were never uh, made to stay indoors. Uh, if we were out exercising, that was okay. Now, they did close our beaches uh, for about a month or two because people were congregating out there and they didn't want the congregation. So while the beaches were closed, we couldn't get in the ocean. Uh, so the swimming and, and being my favorite part of the whole thing, that was probably the only time it was an issue for me. Now I'm a registered nurse, I work in a hospital. Uh, so the pandemic didn't affect income or job because yeah. I worked through the whole pandemic. I was allowed to drive and go anywhere I wanted to. Uh, so so I, I really don't have a complaint as far as how it affected me. Uh, during the summer, uh, we, we went through that first summer with no racing, of course, the races were all canceled. I had a race in um, Switzerland. I had a race in Las Vegas. Uh, I had a race, um, can't remember now, it's been a couple of years, but several that I'd already paid for, airline tickets, everything had to cancel. That affected me. But I went, I think, 14 weekends in a row running a 50K every weekend. Wow. Completely on my own. There was no race involved, but I, I uh, you know, did, did some out and backs out here in the, on the, along the coastline and things of that nature. So that was that was kind of my deal during that first year of the pandemic was because I've come off of that triple Ironman. I was fit. I didn't want to waste that fitness. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so uh, we were able to, to do that. Now, fantastic. And then for yourself, Rick. What's your personal opinion on mental health and exercise and activity? I'm sorry, what thing? Your your personal opinion on mental health with exercise. Oh well, how exercise affects your mental health? Yeah. Well, for me, extremely. Uh, if if I'm ill and can't train. I'm okay with that. I don't feel like it. I'm not up to it. I'm not. But if I'm fit and willing to train and can't, yeah, it, it becomes an issue. Uh, and so I can't imagine the people that were uh, sidelined completely during the pandemic. They couldn't leave their house. Like, you know, they had a wind trainer, maybe they had a gym in their garage or whatever. I can see where that could have been an issue. Um, but but fitness is, is something that everyone should take care of as far as their mental health is concerned. It, 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 I, cannot, I can't imagine it not being a, a positive effect on any and everybody. I've wow. been into fitness all my life, so I wouldn't really know what it's like not to, yeah, but totally. I can only imagine. <laughs> no, totally. And obviously, you know, you have a busy schedule. You do a lot of training, however... Do you have any bad habits within your training? Well, the bad habits in my training, like I got bad habits in my diet. I'll eat okay, anything and everything. Talk about that. <laughs> right, but bad habits in training. I don't know so much bad habit other than I'm just not real excited about that bike. Uh, <laughs> and 
and I'm and I'm lucky enough to to be able to get away without having to train. Now I'm not fast by any sense of imagination, um, and and I mean for me to do a 19, maybe 20 in a in a sprint at 20 miles an hour. I don't know what that is in kilometers. Um, in a in a sprint to Olympic try is great for me, and most people, you know, that's a workout that in their backyard kind of thing. So, yeah. uh, but as far as bad habits are concerned, I don't know. I'm not. I've never thought of that. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. And then if you put it in another context, what's your pet hates within health and fitness? Obviously, you you might have a a list as long as your arm. Oh, the what now? So your pet hate. So the things that you you hate to see within health and fitness. Oh, the things I hate to see within. Yeah. Health so and the fitness. things that maybe annoy you and bug you a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I, again, it it goes back to the bike, I guess. Danger wise, is is traffic. Um, you know, cars not yielding, not paying attention or intentionally trying to run you off the yeah. road. It uh, seems to be bike safety, I guess. That's my biggest pet peeve yeah. with, with training at all. Uh, if I was swimming in a pool, that's a list as long as your arm as far as things. Because <laughs> you run, you know, you get into people hogging lanes and not sharing and, and lane reservations. And that's what I love about the ocean. I can walk out there and swim anytime I want. No hassles, no problem. Uh, and run is the same way. You need a pair yeah. of running shoes, you're good to go. So if you let anything bug you on your run, that's on you because you yeah. should be able to get, uh, get, get through that. But I think safety issues of the runners out there, female runners running by themselves or, or male runners running by themselves, uh, uh, cyclists, you know, being run off the road, um, safety, I think is my biggest yeah. pet peeve. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously you mentioned that, you know, you, you live by the ocean. Um, so the question for yourself is, do you ever have any problems with wildlife, uh, sea life, sorry, um, in the ocean? Or no, um, we, we, we get that question a lot. Um, we, we have infestation every occasion, I say infestation, a lot of jellyfish occasionally, but they're called cannonball jellyfish. They don't sting. And so they just kind of scare you because they're solid. They bump into you and knock you around. <laughs> uh, occasionally we'll have encounter with dolphin, uh, which only make it cool. Uh, we've had yeah. some people uh, taking pictures of our group swimming with the dolphin swimming by, which has been nice. Uh, the group that I swim with ranges anywhere from three or four people on a early morning to 20 or 30 people in a, a Sunday morning or afternoon swim. And for 20 years, this group's been together and nobody's had a shark sighting or a shark yeah, bite yeah. or shark anything. So no, that's, that's not a, you know, we know they're there. We've seen yeah. them. Uh, you know, we've seen people catch them when they're fishing and whatnot, uh, but nobody's ever been bothered with that kind of thing yeah and then obviously you mentioned uh, going out in afternoon time with your group do you ever have any problems with like boats or jet skis getting in your, you guys well 
I'm glad you asked that because that that is more the human element in the ocean is more dangerous than the wildlife. Uh, we've got surfers that think they own the uh, surf, uh, yeah. but most of them give us a little room. But the sailboarders that have the parachute that they're surfing behind, yeah. those are the most dangerous because they're looking up at the, the sail that they're on and they're not paying attention to where they're going. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a lot of jet skis out here, but in the lake situation or any other open water, jet skis can be a real danger. And, and boaters, of course, as well, because they, they, you know, they're really not paying attention and they're not looking for people yeah. out swimming in the middle of a lake or definitely not in the middle of the ocean. Uh, luckily, the fishermen don't come in that close to shore uh, in the ocean. They got the whole ocean to be in. Yeah. Um, but but the, the surfers and, and uh, sailboarders tend to make it a little more dangerous out there than we'd prefer. <laughs> <laughs> nah, definitely. And you obviously mentioned that you're 62 years of age. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? You're 62 years of age. Oh, 62. Old, yeah. 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 Okay. And if we put it in another way, how old do you feel training wise? Well, the only thing that I can tell my age is my times are slowing down. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got a, I've got a PR marathon of a two fifty six, um, and two hours and fifty six minutes. And I've never was a runner, so to come up with a two fifty six, I kind of was a runner at that point. Yeah. And uh, now, if I can break uh, four hours, I'm really happy. <laughs> so yeah. I did, I did a three. I think a 350 or so a couple of years ago. Uh, and so that that's that's where I see the age coming on. But that's part of <clears throat> going from trying to win every event to trying to finish every event. Yeah. And that's why I picked these ultra and extreme races, because the goal in these ultra and extreme races isn't to win. The goal is to finish. And, and that gives you a whole nother sense of control that all you got to do is keep your nutrition up, keep your pace in line. Don't get, have to keep it up. You do the math ahead of time and know what you, how fast you need to swim and how fast you need to bike and how fast you need to run just to finish. And then if you can knock anything off of that, then, then you're doing well. And so I think that's my, my attraction to these ultra and extreme events is that the goal is to just finish. Now, fantastic. And obviously you mentioned running earlier. Um, when you go out running, do you, do you go out with people or do you listen to music on your own? Well, for all my entire training career, I never listened to music. Wow. I uh, tell about six months ago. Okay. I bought my, my wife uh, some... Um, earbuds to listen for she can her to listen to music well she didn't like them so she didn't use them so I tried them out on a run once and said hmm, that's interesting and and tried it on another and so I, I I now use music but only for really long runs if I'm going to run with my friends or if it's going to be anything under 10 or 12 miles I won't use music but if I'm going to go out on a Saturday and do a 50k I tend to use the music okay. uh, if I'm doing a long race like an ultra run i save it, it it's kind of like my caffeine i'll run as long as i can till i need caffeine and then i'll run as long as i can until i need some music and then it's kind of a a, a goal along the race is to get to a certain point in order to to get a little treat but okay but 
<clears throat> what what type of music gets you going? Like push, pushes you for that the last couple of miles then? Well, most of the time I'm listening to uh, classic rock. Uh, so Boston and Foreigner and um, I like uh, Fleetwood Mac is not they're not have a lot of peppy music, but I really like Stevie Nicks. So tend to listen to some of that as well. But mostly, mostly it's uh, classic rock off of Pandora. OK. And imagine you've you've set up you're out your run. Right. OK. So imagine you've got like four miles to go. You put your music on and it puts the worst type of music on. It makes really demotivate you put you off your run what would that be uh boston <laughs> boston classic rock yeah that yeah. would that that they've got they're all upbeat for the most part and i would finish finish a good strong run okay so no i mean like that would put you off like it would uh, something that you dislike Oh, that don't like. Well, I can't even control my music, so I wouldn't play anything I don't like. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, classic, classical music, maybe. I like country yeah. and I'll listen to country in a run, but I wouldn't use it to finish with. Yeah, it's okay. a little too casual. Yeah. Um, but and but yeah, I guess something something slow like classic, classical yeah. music or something or like that. Sad or romantic music. Or, you know, yeah, something along yeah. those lines. It's what the hell? <laughs> right. Okay. So if you could pick one thing from your journey, that's your best memory, what would that be? My best memory? Of any memory or of yeah. racing? Uh, racing. We'll go racing. Oh, okay. Racing. Um, <clears throat> well, even though I've done a double and triple Ironman, the, the Alaska Extreme Triathlon uh, was probably physically my toughest race ever. Uh, it's one of the only races I've ever considered or thought that I wasn't going to be able to finish. Uh, and when I was able to finish it, uh, I was able to run across the finish line with my wife in hand. So it, uh, that was probably a really great, great memory as far as training and racing is concerned. Ah, fantastic. Great memory there, Rick. And for yourself, you know, Obviously, you said your mum was a swim teacher, swim coach. Um, but out of your full journey, um, have you got an inspirational role model? Uh, it, again, it depends on what time. In the very beginning, Mark Spitz was a strong, was hitting all of his world records. Uh, my junior, senior, uh, or actually even earlier than that, freshman high school stuff. So he he was a strong role model or something I wanted to do at the time. Uh, and then when I got into triathlons, uh, Dave Scott and Scott Molina and Scott Tinley, that whole group, uh, they were amazing. They were riding on, you know, iron bikes and and nutrition was flat coke and and fig newtons and they're doing the same times these guys are doing right now. So that group was amazing. And then currently there's some out there, some, some really ultra gurus. I don't know if you've heard of Iron Cowboy here in the United States. He just finished a hundred Ironman races in a hundred days, one a day for a hundred days in a row. Wow. Uh, and, and we've got, uh, you know, Badwater. I don't know if you know what Badwater is. It's in the United States. It's one of the hardest ultra runs. Uh, starts in Death Valley and then runs 135 miles up into a mountain. 
And there's a guy that's done it up and back down again, the race director for the, the Keys 100. So th- those kind of people, you know, yeah. get me motivated, you know, that those are things I, I say, I, I mean, I've, I've always taken on any challenge, but they've done some things that I don't know that I could take on as a challenge. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Which brings us on to the next point. So for 2022, obviously you mentioned that you had races postponed um, because of the pandemic. Do you have any races this year um, that you've set targets for? Um, my, my niece and I do a sport called swim run. Um, and it's a big sport in, in, in Europe and UK. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's where you actually swim uh, with your running shoes and run in your wetsuit and you go island to island. It's called a tello, which is supposedly Swedish, I think, for island to island. And that's the way the race goes. You swim, run, swim, run, swim, run, back and forth until you get to the finish line, basically. So she and I are coming to Switzerland uh, in July. We hope. We paid for tickets and (laughs) pandemic allowing. We hope to come to Switzerland and and do that race uh, in July. Uh, so that that's a big goal there. Uh, the second goal I've got, and it's been a goal for years, uh, it's a race that's done uh, in the UK, uh, or at least part of it. It's called um, Arch to Arc, and it's an ultra triathlon. Starts in London. You run 75 plus miles from London to the English Channel. Then you swim across the English Channel. Then you get on your bike and you run uh, to the Arc in London. Uh, I've been trying to get into this race for the past two years and keep waiting for the, it's a waiting list. And of course the pandemic has bumped everybody off. Uh, you'd think that would be a race you could just sign up for because how many people want to do all of that? Yeah. But obviously <laughs> there, there's a waiting list for that race. And uh, so that's, that's one that I'm hoping to get into soon. Uh, and they keep saying, you know, you're on the list, you're on the list. Hopefully we can, get you in there. So any, any help you might be able to give me over there on that side of the Creek, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll I'll look into that for you. Okay. (laughs) And how do you motivate yourself on a bad day? How do what? How do you, how do you motivate yourself if you're having a bad day? Um, Well, it depends on how bad the day. Some days it's just, it's just time to take a day off and there's nothing wrong with, Okay, just reset. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, um, but the other option, again, if I have the option to, to swim, that, that'll do it for me uh, or, or run. Like I said, if I'm having a bad day, the bike's not going to be my go-to. Um, but but normally, uh, luckily, I'll say this, I don't have too many bad days because uh, I love my job and, and I get off at three in the afternoon, which gives me plenty of time to get a nice uh, training session in before it gets dark and and that's all it takes to make it make it a better day now nah, fantastic and if i can ask you obviously you've you're 62 just now and um, you've still got plenty of races in you um so where do you see yourself within the extreme and the ultras in the next two to five years 
Well, again, like I said, uh, this arch to arc may be two to five years before I get into it. Yeah. So that one's on the, and if that one's out there looming that hopefully someday I'll get into it, I need to keep my, my mileage up because uh, yeah. I don't want them to say, okay, you're going this summer and I'm not there. Uh, so in order to do that, I'll, I will continue. I'm going to do the uh, Florida half iron in a couple of months here. Again, that's not an ultra, but, but in order to train for that, I'm, I'm still putting the miles in. And, and so I've got uh, a race in Dallas called the Rocky Raccoon that I'm helping my niece uh, run as well. So I'll be, that'll be giving me some mileage. She's going for the hundred miler there. And I've got um, um, this, again, this race in Switzerland is going to take a lot of training. That's 24 miles of running and six miles of swimming uh, com combination uh, swim. And of course, that 24 miles of running is in a wetsuit. Uh, nice. and, the, and the six miles of swimming is with running shoes on. So wow. it's a little different. And it is all open water. Uh, it's not a lake type setting. It's, it, and it's in altitude. So it's it's cold up there. Um, yeah, so, so it, it's hard to train for altitude and cold in Florida, Florida, United <laughs> States, because it's flat and flat and hot here most of the time. <laughs> and if you could give any advice to anyone starting, starting out um, in triathlon, ultras, extremes for the first time, what would you say to them? Well, the, the first thing is to have fun. If you're not smiling, you're doing it wrong. Uh, and, and to to don't put a lot of pressure on yourself to do well quickly. It, it's a time-consuming thing that 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 the, the more you do it, the better you get, and that that's what's hardest part. Any sport, running, swimming, biking, you got to get past the hard part, which is which is just getting yeah, that that first run is like oh I can't see how people do this for hours. And then that next one, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. And then, you know, two weeks later, if you keep it up, consistency, well, there's the other thing, keep it consistent. Uh, if you keep it up, then eventually that run becomes easy. And, and it's the same thing with, with the finish line. That first time you finish at 5K, you say, there's no way I could run twice that far. It's all I had to finish. Well, that's because that's all you started to do. You go to the 10, all of a sudden you're finishing a 10K. When, when you finish the 10K, you're saying, there's no way I could do a half marathon. It's all I could do. No, that's because that's what you started out to do. It's all mental. And every, every time you finish a new distance, you feel like there's you couldn't take another step. If you did, then you didn't do it right. But uh, but that's that's the key to to any sport and in, in increasing the distance and, and doing it. Now, of course, in triathlon, you got to be you got to know how to swim. That's that's the biggest thing. It's it's hard to be a triathlete if you can't swim. You can walk the run. Anybody can ride a bike, but you got to know how to swim to even get get a triathlon <laughs> started. So so that that's the key. If you're you're new to triathlon, you're a weak swimmer. You want to put a lot of effort into the the swim part of it, and that may require getting a coach uh, or someone to to help you with your skills and stroke. Nah, fantastic, and it's been really awesome having you on, Rick. Um, just before we round up, so if people wanted to catch you on social media, where can they do that? Uh, Instagram's the best option uh, at man uh, Iron Man with two N's I R O N M A N N Rick Iron Man Rick. Uh, just just hit me up if you have any questions or concerns. I'd be I'd love to answer them all. I'm also on Facebook 
Iron Man Rick. I've got a page there, and then Rick Man. I have a page there, but uh, but Instagram is probably the best best route to make contact, just as you did. Nah, fantastic. No, as I said, it's been great hearing about your journey. Um, just before we round up, do you have any questions for myself? Uh, no, no, I've enjoyed the interview and look forward to seeing it myself. Nah, fantastic, Rick. Have a nice day. All right, thank you. Cheers.